Hey TRB fans, for the best in Star Wars accessories and jewelry, head to jewelrybrands.shop for items spanning the entire Star Wars galaxy from the Mandalorian to the Skywalker Saga and beyond. I'm wearing a Grogu pin myself right now. Their items are top of the line, best stuff you can get out there. And make sure you use code TRB at checkout to get 10% off your order. Jewelrybrands.shop, the best in Star Wars accessories and jewelry. question if you're Mina Masoud and you're taking to your social media accounts to tease whether you may be playing a popular Star Wars character or not. Welcome back everybody. This is the Resistance Broadcast. That is not a troll. This is the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Monday show and that means we're going to talk about the latest in Star Wars news, give our takes, maybe some rumors uh whatever's going on in the galaxy far far away we're going to give our takes on all that stuff as we do here so thank you for joining us and kicking off your week with the three of us here james and Lacey with me as always i don't know if i said if i'm john or not but that is me uh <laughs> so james what is sorry i'm having some technical difficulties today so i'm a little on edge and these two were trying to calm me down before we went to air but i like to divulge that information because i like to let you be a part of our little world here okay um james uh do you like trolling like if you were a famous person and you had that power would you troll an audience about something or would you be more of straightforward or hush hush like what what type of guy would you be if you had that unlimited power uh if if it was me i probably would not troll however i feel like in hollywood the trolling and the pushing and the making a big noise is always the way to help your chances. And a lot of people know that. So they make a lot of noise. That is a good point. And yeah. yeah. So uh, Lacey, would you, would you have fun with people in that regard? If you had that knowledge or that influence or that power? Well, first of all, if we're on the uh, trend of honesty here, I am not feeling 100% today. So I look a little bit like hot trash. (laughs) However, if I look like I'm going to vomit, I'm just keeping it together. It's not because of anybody's opinion. Um, That being said, I totally would troll people. Absolutely, 100%. Okay, good. Good to know. Um, And uh, another thing that we need to uh, get out there before we get into these stories, and we're going to talk more about this whole trolling thing, if, if it's even that at all. Uh, before we do that, we want to uh, give a shout out to our friends at uh, Weird Brothers, who uh, have partnered with us to make a delicious brand of coffee called the Resistance Brew. A lot of people we've seen been uh, picking that up online. So go to weirdbrothers.com, look up the Resistance Brew, buy a bag, have it shipped to you. If you want to film a funny little video and tweet at us, we will retweet it uh, always. And they'll appreciate that too. But buy a bag, you'll be supporting us here at the podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, those folks over there are small business. So uh, wins all around. So we appreciate that. But speaking of wins, everyone's going to be able to win this Thursday when the virtual cantina's back. That's right. 
our virtual celebration that we started in the year of the pandemic that has not ended and apparently will never end uh <laughs> brought all of us together online in lieu of like star wars celebration and that sort of thing and we decided to bring it back again so this thursday night at 8 30 p.m eastern time here on our channel youtube.com slash star wars news net videos we will be doing three rounds 25 people each time but also if you didn't sign up if you didn't sign up for the um being on the screen for the stream and you're a little shy the live chat will be there you hop in there bring a friend in there that's going to be lively and be able to get your comments read and that sort of thing so it's going to be just a nice 90 minute star wars party and we're really excited about that right guys mm -hmm. yes mm -hmm. yeah it should be a good time so again if you haven't uh signed up or you don't have a spot uh, for the screen yet don't worry you can hop in the live chat if you don't want to you know if you're a little shy and that sort of thing but also the shirts will be back the virtual cantina shirts will be made available during the time of the uh, uh virtual cantina so you go to uh, teespring.com slash store slash resistance broadcast and you'll see it there well we'll put a link out to on our social media account so you can grab the shirt i know a lot of people have been waiting for that to come back Here's your chance. So get ready to party Thursday. But now it's time to get down to business. And business is talking Star Wars. And we kind of teased a bit at the top. But James, what's going on in Resistance Report? I'm vetoing Resistance Report before we get started. Because I do want to talk oh. a little bit about the Schmodown. Because I know <laughs> okay. Lacey went up against Gold Leader this weekend. Lacey, how are you feeling? Well, as I said at the top of the show, I'm feeling like trash, but not because of Schmodown. That has nothing to do with it. Uh, that experience was really fun, really awesome. Um, I knew going into it that Gold Leader was going to be good. You know, we had interacted with him before the draft and everything, so I knew what he was capable of. Uh, I worked my butt off, but I'm a, play a better player now than I was when the match happened, which was a week ago. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'll be. I'm I'm ready to go with my next match. Um, and now that I've gotten kind of like a taste of what it's all about, I'm I'm ready to take on other people. So yeah, absolutely. Goes. Yeah, the questions. The que It's just. It's so weird. Like look at the draw. Some of the questions seem easier on one side than the other. You know, it's always kind of plays out that way. Maybe oh, I knew all his Rogue One questions. Yeah, <laughs> Spoiler. <I know. laughs> and uh, yeah, he, he. It's interesting because like I think I. I still get the feeling that like he's writing confidence. Like he played well, but I still think he's kind of like. Like thinking in the back of his head, like I'm screwed. I'm screwed here. I, I don't know. I, I, well, if you maybe wear a gold jacket like that, you got to have like something in the back of your head being like, what am I doing? What's yeah, it's about? just like, I don't feel right right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I did love, which yeah. was my favorite part of the whole match, is when I was going back and watching it and looking at the comments, there were so many Make Soul 2 comments when I got oh, solo yeah. as my category. Oh, Guys, right. way to show up. Rock and way roll. to represent. I loved yeah. it. Um, I actually did really well in the category. So if I didn't, yeah. I would have to turn in my card for making yeah. solo to happen. <laughs> well, so now amazing. now I'll get solo during my match and go for five. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, so yeah, I thought you did great. I thought you were really entertaining, and I liked how you carried yourself. You definitely brought the energy that you have on the podcast there, and I thought I think oh, that's thanks. honestly the most important thing because. You had the hosts cracking up. You you flustered Christian Harloff with Clint Howard. With Clint <laughs> yeah. Howard, Rella, Rella Keeley. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I thought it's so funny, these things, because I haven't played mine yet. So I am still a little nervous and I have the jitters and I just want to like, get it going. You got and, it. Um, yeah, mine's going to be in early April. But, <laughs> but um, 
Uh, it's so funny how like if you would hit your three, which I think you know that now that answer, and you're like I probably ah, that would have forced him to go for his five, and who knows if he three misses his five, you win. You win the match. Three different actors play Ramus and Tilly's. It's hard to pull yeah. the face yeah. of three different people. However, yeah. Clint Howard. Clint Howard. And speaking of trolling, we were talking about it before. I totally trolled Christian Harloff and tweeted him a photo of Clint Howard. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you definitely left your mark, and I think that's really important. And uh, I had fun. That was the point, right? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And you'll be you'll be doing another one, I'm sure. And and uh, who knows who knows what happens. But uh, you did well. We're proud of you. And uh, thanks, Gold Leader. You can eat it. Um, Okay. No, best trolling say... actually goes to john if you're talking <laughs> about golden leader <laughs> i post yeah so if people are familiar with the movie happy gilmore i posted a gif with the lines green jacket gold jacket who gives a uh so um you can find that online but yeah. Yeah. it's a good time it's all about uh busting chops and all right mm. so are we are we taking the veto away yes i'm ready for resistance okay. report <laughs> okay here we go <laughs> It's the resistance. Guys, this week, uh, as John alluded to, big time at the top. Mina Masood is going on Instagram. And, you know, we recently heard the rumor that he was a front runner. And we talked a little bit about that. Uh, But, you know, you don't normally expect to see the people, you know, campaigning uh, for that spot or teasing that spot. Maybe they already got it. I don't know. But he dropped this uh, Ezra quote on his Instagram um, and w- with a picture of himself, but fans immediately put the two together. They're like, yo, guys, Ezra said this in season two, you know, or whatever. <laughs> um, I don't know. You you make the connection. Is he really trolling? Is he not? Did he already get it? Is he teasing? What's going on here, John? What do you think? Man, it's tough because the the precedent is there with the trolling when with that guy Raul Coley who was mm-hmm. constantly doing that. But also for the outlets. same role. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, come you on, know, guys. exactly the same role. <laughs> um, so it could be one of those things where Mina Masoud hears the rumor. It's been widely reported that he hasn't been cast in a lot of things since Aladdin. He may have caught wind of it, saw what happened with Rosario Dawson and the fan casting via the Boss Logic art, and then she gets the role uh, and maybe said, you know, I can I can make this a reality. If, you know, the, if people are reporting I'm a front runner, uh, that means fans may want it. And, you know, and the biggest thing that we don't know is how far away, assuming it'd be the Ahsoka series that he'd be appearing in, how far away it is from this show to start filming. We don't, I don't know that. I don't know if anybody knows that. So that's an important factor here because you'd have to assume if it's going to start filming at some point this year, they got to be close to casting decisions. If it's not yet, then he could still be in this campaigning, politicking sort of thing. So my gut tells me that he doesn't have the role and he is fanning the flames to try to, you know, like get the blogs to say, he look he's confirming he's it he's it and as long Mm -hmm. as his name keeps getting like pummeled into it kind of like rosario dawson's was i i i don't hold it against disney for being less imaginative and being like well i i I guess all right i guess he could be as well like i don't know so in my gut i don't think he has the role um of course in in my heart i i still hope taylor gray gets a shot at it or at least an audition 
or something because like we said he was an actor first and a lot of people even our listeners missed that i guess in our interview with him mm-hmm. that he was not a voice actor taylor gray he was a regular actor that they brought in for his first voice role and he said he thought it was because of the idea that they may potentially make it a live action thing one day. Remember he said that to us? Mm-hmm. Yep. So in my heart and after talking with him, I'm still really pulling for Taylor Gray to have an opportunity to win that role. A lot of fans seem white hot for Mina Masao to get the role. So I don't know what's going to happen. But in my gut right now, I don't think there is anything set in stone. It looks like we might have an actor who's had a hard time getting cast and stuff. Get smelling the blood in the water and trying to capitalize on that. Mm-hmm. Lacey, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree 100%. I think if he was front-running for this, um, and I'm going to use an example like Alden Ehrenreich, if he was front-running for this, he wouldn't be talking about it because he'd be under probably some type of NDA or some type of keep-your-mouth-shut type thing. We've seen people uh, like Katie Sackhoff talk about how she's like, oh, I don't know, I'm under NDA, I can't talk about it. Mm -hmm. So you're telling me this guy's going out there putting out Ezra quotes just to get people going like that's not something that people do unless they don't have the role yet like john said i i think this is an example of him hearing people talking about it him seeing all the youtube clickable like hey this is exclusive type stuff and him saying hey i could use this to my advantage i could get this role if i get the fans going especially star wars fans so i'm not saying he's wrong in doing it like yo get yours if that's the role that you want to play and you're really all about it like you have every right to put out little teasers here and there and try to get people excited but to say that he has this role is i think incorrect until it's announced uh because of what i just said like if he was even verbally given the okay for this role there's no way he's teasing this that would come back to bite him from disney from secretive lucasfilm like you're not going out there letting people know before they let them know. That's not something right. that happens. And the only other way I could see this is if it, it got rumored by an agent. Because we've seen that with Tamora, Mar- uh, Tamora Morrison. Tamora Morrison, yeah. Mm. Uh, and They call me Tim. Just call me Tim. <laughs> yeah, guys, it's it's been a long night. Uh, <laughs> so his agent is the one that leaks stuff. And and a lot of times that's where you get information from is agents or managers or something like that. That's just like, Hey, Hey, guess what? Guess what? Cause they're there to pump up their clients. So the fact that he put this quote up means that he's aware of the fan stuff. He's aware that people are campaigning for him and he's using it to his advantage, which is smart because we've seen it with other actors like Rosario Dawson, like, and I want to make sure I get his name right. Simu Liu, who's on Kin's Convenience, who got the role in the Marvel superhero movie, he got it from campaigning for it. Mm-hmm. So fan campaigns work. Hopefully. Makes a lot of happen. Uh, they happen all the time. So I don't see why he wouldn't do this. I just don't, I, I don't think people should be jumping to the he got the part. Because he wouldn't be saying anything if he got the part. And I think that's a little, a little on the arrogant side to say, oh, see, we're right. No, you're not right yet. Not until it's announced. So that's how I feel. Yeah, hundred percent. I I'm I you guys didn't say anything I don't think I, I disagreed with even remotely. Mm-hmm. The the thing here is um, you know, nobody knows. We don't know. And but the thing is is like if you're gonna look at this as evidence of a hundred percent that he got it, then you have to look at rally cole you know as a hundred percent evidence that he got it because he yeah. did the exact same thing he's teasing and everybody at the time 
Yeah, is that how you say? Yeah, is that how you say it? You said Raleigh Cole. I did because I googled. I was like, "What's the name?" and that's what came up. But all right, <laughs> I just What's don't want you to be corrected. I'd rather me say it than someone in the comments be like, "James, you're so insensitive. You don't know how to say his name." It's Raul Coley. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. Either way, he's yeah, not I, gonna get the part anyway. So yeah. The Team thing Taylor. is, exactly what he was um doing was was teasing the part, and everybody was looking at it as evidence of, oh, he already got it. He's just teasing us, you know. Um, and now that there's another person doing it for the exact same part as Lacey was alluding to earlier, it just proves that both of these guys probably don't have it. Um, I'm going to get a little spicy for a second. The same people that are saying that Mina's got it were the same people that said this other guy had it. So I'm just going to throw that out there that the same people are saying the same two people got one role. I can't keep yeah. track of this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, the the only one Which who's one really keeping <laughs> quiet is uh, Taylor. So, Yes. Yeah. He's not campaigning Very for it. Very quiet. One thing yeah. he did do, though, was correct people who... <laughs> That was my favorite part when you had these white people online saying like Taylor can't be Ezra because Ezra's not white. And Taylor's like, uh, I'm not white. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like someone who's not white having to correct a white person to tell them, hey, guy, hey, guy, I'm not white. That was yeah. that, that's that's my favorite. I love when ridiculous. people are that ridiculous. Yeah. Um, what would be cool? Side note is if we actually did get um you know, I would like to see the older Ezra. Obviously, we want to do that, the, the Ahsoka thing and stuff. But I, I do think it would be cool if they could somehow slip, um, uh, like an Ezra into Andor. They won't, mm. but they might in like a second season or something like that. They could kind of toy around with that era, you know, um, if they ever wanted to bring Saul back. You know, um, some of these people could tie in, and they might. What be able would to that be? Something, though? but uh, like a, an unrealized young Ezra because the timeline there would be pre probably starting pre rebels. And well, we don't know. Like, we don't know how far they're going to take Andor. like assuming yeah. they do four seasons of Andor, they could lead all the way up to rogue one. So it could potentially down the line, but I, they probably yeah. won't do it considering um, you would have to have someone who, I don't know, looks like whoever a younger version of whoever got it. You know what I mean? Whoever gets yeah. the older role and stuff. It could be kind of weird. Of course, they could like uh, Captain America and just him and just like shrink him or try to make him younger. Shrink him down. Something. Yeah. yeah who knows? Benjamin um, Button. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's talk about our next story here. And that is uh, the Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney Plus series is now adding Todd Chernowicz. I'm terrible with names. How would you say pronounced this? Co- it's pronounced Coley. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't know that guy at all. So uh, um, I would say Todd Cherniowski. Cherniowski. Yep. As production designer coming to the show. Um, this guy has worked in uh, Star Wars before uh, as an art director, but uh, he has done production design for a lot of the Star Trek television shows. So it obviously goes to show that he is very capable in and around space series if you will. He likes um, space. <laughs> yeah. John, what do you think of, um, wh- what's the story of Todd coming to uh, become a production designer on Obi-Wan? Oh, Todd? Oh. Yeah, tell us about Todd. Good old Todd. Um, to- so yeah, Todd Cherniowski, uh couldn't pick him out of a lineup, wouldn't have known his name hadn't been for the report. 
Uh, so this is one of those stories where you read it and then you do a little digging. And like you just said, James, you know, um, we had the article up on Star Wars Newsnet. Um, a lot of the details came from who's 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 the uh, deadline on this one discussing discussing film. Dis- discussing and film, you know yeah. they point out the work he's done and like we have listed here, the Last Jedi being the art director there. Um, whatever you feel about the Last Jedi, it if you watch director in the Jedi, it is impossible to argue against the fact that the sets they built and what that they what they put into creating the tangible environments for that movie weren't fantastic. Uh, so from the Octo stuff to all the sets they built for that movie, uh, Snoke's throne room, yeah. all that stuff. Comes Whether you down like to Canto the... bite or not, they didn't spend 50 bucks making that set. Right. <laughs> so that, that's all art director working with those engineers and those teams and those construction teams putting together those sets and all of that stuff. Now he it, it comes into Star Wars in a higher position, one who works more handedly with the director of the film and that sort of thing. You know, reports back from the art department, you know, this is what we need, this is what's going on, this is where we're at. So he has a, a higher responsibility here. And you know what that means? That means they loved what he did on The Last Jedi because they, you know, he may have it on his resume. Yeah, I did the Star Trek series, this Star Trek series, you know, this person knows this person, let me get back in there. But they got right there. They have carnal knowledge of what he's like to work for under their umbrella with The Last Jedi. It wasn't that long ago, and he, in, in my opinion and everyone's opinion, it, it appears he did a knockout job on that. So now he steps up and takes the reins for Obi-Wan Kenobi, gets to work with Deborah Chow, who seems like a very hands-on type of director. So he's going to be in, hands in the clay with her, making this show look the way it needs to look. And uh, that's all you really need to know. I'm, I'm excited about it, especially... Like I said, there, we, there's proof in the pudding of him being able to handle Star Wars from an art level, and now he's doing it at a higher position. So good for him, and uh, it's just another one of those things where it's a reminder that Obi-Wan Kenobi is coming, and uh, we're probably about a year away from seeing this thing. They're about to roll in a month or so, and it's just really exciting because uh, that show's going to come and go real quick, and we're going to be like, oh my god, we spent all this time waiting for it to arrive, and now it's already gone, kind of like how WandaVision came and went. It's yeah. going to be a six, a quick six weeks, and it's going to be gone, and Ewan's going to be out of our lives again. So let's let's just uh, hit the brakes a little, enjoy this ride and these types of fun stories as they're building that team, and I'm all about it. Yeah. He also did an art director credit for Avatar as well, so it's like he's worked in some of the he's biggest projects. He's still doing it. That's what you don't know. Oh, he's yeah, still... probably, probably. <laughs> Lacey, any thoughts on uh, good old Todd coming in? Todd, my boy Todd. Uh, Todd's listening to this and he's like, what? Mm-hmm. I don't know you. Um, so The Last Jedi is hands down one of the most beautiful Star Wars films of all the Star Wars films. I think if you took shots of that film and made like a top 10 list, a big chunk of those shots would be from The Last Jedi. It is just a stunning film. Um, the cinematography, the directing, everything. But a lot of that comes down to production design in the in the sets that they use to make those shots the throne room is wonderful from the reflective floor to the red walls it's just so contrast it's wonderful um so i'm really excited about todd joining the crew because that means that kenobi is going to be a stunning beautiful like kind of of a screenshot friendly show like you're Mm going to see a lot of screenshots being like the tweets that are like it's stunning like the it is one of the best movies ever and people use four screenshots it's going to be a lot of kenobi screenshots after it comes out because this guy knows his production design um and whether you're a last jedi fan 
or not, or a Star Trek fan or not, you can't deny that these, both of these types of films, even Avatar, have a certain look, and that's due to people like Todd. So I'm super excited that you joined the team. I'm super excited about more updates about Kenobi. I couldn't be more pumped for this series than ever. Uh, you know, Ewan is obviously the number one reason why I'm so excited for Kenobi, but it doesn't hurt that they, they keep getting the best of the best for this show. So I'm pretty pumped. Yeah, it was funny yeah. when I first read the report too, I was like, they're just now getting a production designer. I was like, I don't know a lot about the process of this, but I, I do remember like a couple months ago when everybody's like, Kenobi day one, they're filming. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, I wish we had a better idea of what the real schedule is. It just the, the, the news coming out of this nine times out of 10 is uh, Ewan at like a, a, a party and he's like, somebody sticks a microphone in his face. He's like, yeah, what? Oh, yeah, we're, film, we're filming like in April. What are you, What's going on? You know, It might UK. be one set that they brought <laughs> yeah. him on for, though. Like, it might be the season finale set or series yeah. finale set that they need someone to bring in someone special to build. And so yeah. they brought this he guy He might in. not be the production designer. He one may be of, a yeah. production designer. Yeah. Well, it's also, too. Um, there's no chance this guy, because of the new technology they're working with, they're using the volume. This guy had to have been either on the Boba Fett set. That would be my guess, because they're, that's the same studio, the one in mm -hmm. L.A., that they're using for Kenobi, or the one in U.K. that they're building, uh, Pinewood. Like he's, he's not just getting thrown into a volume situation as a production designer. He had to have been observing and, and have being, experience. Yeah. Yeah. Experience what's going on. So my guess is he's been since December, even probably working in, in inside the studio for the book of Boba Fett to like get his bearings on what it's like to do production design with that um, led stuff. Unless of course that they are, we know they're using the volume, but we don't know that they're using the volume exclusively. And maybe the, the, the a production designer is he's being brought in for the physical set stuff that they do in fact use so oh possible. i would it would not shock me at all if they take a trip to death valley and places like that in california mm -hmm. that they have filmed for a new hope to do some organic location shots for tatooine stuff so yeah you're right yeah um yeah, that uh, we're very excited. Can't wait for that show to come out. Um, very excited. Next up here um, <laughs> this week, <laughs> ILM's James Klein was reflecting on the rise of Skywalker as he put up um, an image. He had actually been putting up a couple images of you know different things that he worked out. That's kind of how he is. But this particular one, um, he had the caption. It was uh, Bespin and you know a star destroyer right behind it falling down. Uh, and he says, part of a quick montage at the end of The Rise of Skywalker, fun building Bespin under pressure, only had a day to work this out because it was late in the production and we were all under the gun. Note scale of the Star Destroyer is way off, mainly because the team was looking for a dramatic composition. Um, gasp. Yeah, gasp. So the thing here <laughs> is that everybody ran with the story and, and uh, coming up with a bunch of stuff around how they were throwing stuff together at the last minute and they didn't know what they were doing. And they were, everybody was up against uh, the clock here to finish this movie. Um, what's the story? Doesn't seem like they know what they're doing. Um, John, what do you, what did you make of this? Cause I know, I know on our article, you had a very poignant point. That's what I'm looking for on this. Yeah. It's, um, 
So, so this is like this is definitely one of those situations where us having, and I'm not trying to like toot our horns here, but we, I think on this podcast, one thing we've done, like we like to have fun and stuff like that, but one thing we do take seriously is absorbing information from people we interview and learning more about how the people who aren't the big names like involved with these movies do their job, whether it's the puppeteering people, the art people, any behind the scenes work stunt people. And um, this to me really feels like one of those things where this guy just kind of off the cuff made a statement like, oh man, that deadline was crazy. But uh, all these jobs have deadlines and they're all kind of wild and they all kind of come down to the wire sometimes. And, and, you know, fans and blogs and stuff. If you have a certain way you feel about a movie, you're going to use this as chum in the water to say like, oh, see, we were right. This whole thing was just thrown together at the last second. And I can't believe that, you know, blah, blah, blah. This seems to like a way more normal thing than anything. These, these types of workers are always up against these crazy deadlines. And directors are always like wanting to like tweak things last second, especially Star Wars movies, especially George Lucas. And I made it a point to include in the article that thing that, uh, J.W. Rensler, which I hope he's he's doing well. I know he's you know fighting cancer right now, so hope you're doing well, man. Um, he pointed out to us that Empire came out already in theaters, and then weeks later, George Lucas had them add some X-wings and ships to the final shot of the movie so that the medical frigate didn't seem so desolate out in space and make Luke feel on this like lonely island out there. It made it more of a part of the rebellion. And the movie was in theaters, and they changed it. And that was Empire Strikes Back, the gold standard of all Star Wars movies. So uh, it's just one of those things where people who don't like The Rise of Skywalker are going to let sink their teeth into this and look for it as another reason why they didn't like the movie or why they felt it was rushed. And really, it's probably a lot more normal than uh, the blogs and, and the other YouTubes and stuff like that would have you believe. Yeah. It's definitely a crazy situation when, like, you can think of so many movies that have been like, oh, this line wasn't in the script. It was an ad lib. Well, if that movie was a hated movie, then people would be like, see, the script writers didn't even know what they were doing. The <laughs> actors were like coming up with their own lines that were significantly better. You know, you're going to need a bigger boat from Jaws was an ad lib. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Lacey, what what was your thought when you saw this or read this? Um, are you on the same page? My first thought was I feel bad for James that he was having to rush on something that he probably has a lot of passion and care for, which is making this shot what he wants it to be. Um, no one ever feels good when they're they're rushed when trying to do something that they care about, and that goes for anything, whether it be, I don't know, something artistic or video or a photo or anything. You know, you, you never want to be rushed. You want to give everything the proper time that you want. That being said, that's just not how Hollywood works. And if anybody thinks that everything is gone, goes perfectly every single time, that is just false. And that is for, I would say, any industry, really. Um, I worked in events for a really long time and nothing ever goes as planned. It's always plan B, C, or D that happen. It's never perfectly as it's... And if it is perfect, something's wrong and you're just not aware of it. Um, so when I see something like this, I just think, you know, that's typical. It, it, it probably isn't even what people assume it is. Like, oh, this is a last minute ad or, oh, this is a last minute thing tweak. It could be something like ILM was spending more time on One Piece that it ran over on timelines to then push this timeline back and then this timeline back and then this timeline back. So by the time they got to this part of the film, they were rushing because it, it got taken away for the Death Star fight between Rey and Kylo. Mm -hmm. Like, 
Yeah. You don't know what goes into these things. And I and I wish people gave more credit to the people that work on these projects that they're not just throwing people under the bus because I highly <laughs> doubt that they are not doing that. Because every time we've talked with anybody from Lucasfilm or Disney or anything like that, everyone has thoroughly enjoyed working with Ryan, working with JJ, working with Kathleen Kennedy. They've oh, all said that they've loved the experiences from all different angles. Um, like Eunice said that JJ was like, what, the love of her life? Like The love of her life. So how can you take <laughs> someone like that that's so genuinely wonderful and charming and, and like such an honest person and just say, no, she's just saying that. No, I think she really means it. And that means that JJ is a really great person. So I think that this, people tend to take this and then just assume like, oh, that means that they don't know what they're doing. Trust me, they know what they're doing. There's a reason why they were given this movie. Do things go wrong? Yes. Are things not exactly what you wanted? Sure, probably. But that doesn't mean that it's a bad product and or they didn't do a good job. And I think that that's where that separation needs to come that people often don't make is because you didn't get what you wanted doesn't mean it's not good. And that goes for any movie. And can I piggyback on that real quick? Sure, John, go for it. I'm not trying to be spicy or anything, but oh, it's so it's so lazy and quick for someone to just go on their Twitter account and just say something based on a, a loose assumption on a statement like this. And that's a John, big why you got to of... call it my brand like that? Your brand? <laughs> no, because you actually think um, <laughs> it's it's just it, and that's a big part of like the fandom problems, in my opinion, like you just like just do a little bit of research and try to at least understand. We're not experts here at all, but we're, we're trying to learn so that we know better when we give our takes on these types of things. And like just do a little research and try a little bit instead of just saying some flammatory statements so you get 50 likes on your tweet because nobody cares. Also, insults and criticism are not the same thing. And there is that's a separation true. between the two mm-hmm. and recognize that words do hurt. And I think that sometimes people are like, oh, I'm just criticizing this work. No, you're just being mean. <laughs> Though it was really funny when you and Gold Leader finally got a question wrong and Mark Ellis called you guys idiots. Oh, I laughed so way. hard. I laughed so hard. <laughs> I laughed the whole time. I was laughing the whole time during that match. I was like, oh, man. Oh, um, yeah, funny. Another thing that just while, while we were sitting here and I was rereading the quote, is there's actually no indication that the pressure or late in the production or being under the gun had anything to do with any third party. And it could right. have been completely self-inflicted in the sense that like, I do that they were like, the Hey man, you got a month to do this. And they all slept for 30 days. And then they were like, <laughs> you know, oh, it was snap. fun building this <laughs> under pressure. I only had a day to work this out because it was late in the production and we were all under the gun. Might've been that they, you know, realistically they didn't sleep for 30 days they might have had 50 shots and it was the last one on the list you know and it might have been like a self-inflicted thing where they worked so hard on the earlier shots that they were they were late and they're like we we need to wrap this up so you know it's not even necessarily we just don't know enough about this all all you can know is that every aspect of the the entire movie had a deadline and at some point somebody was working up to that deadline to make sure it got done because they, it, what, it's never done with artistic things. Even even if you think this is movie ready a month beforehand, they're going to sit there and still keep working on it. 
um, all the way up until the deadline. So Hal talked still, about that too yeah. when we interviewed yeah. him, like working yeah. up until deadlines, working late, trying to get things done under pressure. Right. Like that's just normal. I mean, look at yeah. any project. Cats, the movie, Sonic the Hedgehog, where they had to redo the whole hedgehog. Like stuff happens. I was, I was going to use the Cats example as as one, but that movie didn't end up being good. <laughs> it didn't, but they did but, change that while it was in theaters. They, well, they were editing aspects of the movie hours before it aired. Like They released hours. A, yeah. Well, I'm saying like a week later, they left Judy Dench's ring on and they had to edit it out a week after the fact. So yeah, people I that mean, saw the movie a week later saw a different version of the movie than the people that saw it when it premiered. Yeah. Again, not um, a great example, but an example of timelines and deadlines and updates. Yeah. Um, that's. I would say, as far as cats go, that's a whole different uh, situation. <laughs> that was that was a crazy rumor. If anybody remembers that one, they said it's true. Someone said they saw it. Um, oh, well, I digress. Okay, uh, that's pretty much the main stories this week. There were a couple other things that we wanted to talk about. One thing that was is kind of fun and interesting is that uh, it got announced that Disney Plus is actually going to be bringing a new wave of Star Wars content uh, to the platform, uh, and that includes a couple shows, Caravan or a couple movies, Caravan of Courage and Ewoks: The Battle for Endor, two popular movies from EU. Uh, also, the Star Wars Clone Wars Volume One and Volume Two, Star Wars Ewoks Season One and Season Two, and we're for whatever reason we're not getting the holiday special, but they are going to cut out the one specific snippet, the story of the faithful Wookiee, which is that uh, popular uh, Boba Fett thing that I you wonder know, was his that's... first appearance. Yeah, I wonder if that's a deal they made with George. They're like, hey, can we have all this stuff? And he's like, you can have it, but you can only have this part of the, the holiday. Because he hates the holiday special. So yeah. I wonder if he's just like, yeah, you can have everything else because I actually do enjoy those things. But you can only have this one piece. And it's because I, it's yeah. tied to the Mandalorian and John Favreau asked me nicely. That, that's what I was going to say. I felt like it was like this whole thing where like George is like, no holiday special. <laughs> and then John Favreau's like, put put this out. And it's like, this is my favorite thing, and it's Boba Fett, and it's Mandalorian, and here it is. And then they're like, but George said, and then he's like, George doesn't work for you. It's like this back and forth, like, no, I do bet we he please asked John, George. or do we please George? I bet he asked George, and George was like, I like Fine, John Favreau, yes. Yeah, he's probably like, I don't even remember that, sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> he only watched Holiday Special probably once, and was like, I mean, I watched the Ewok uh, Caravan of Courage recently for a podcast, and... It's great. I don't care what anybody says. It was rough. <laughs> no, like, look, Warwick Davis was a was a, a legend and so great and wonderful, but the rest of it. Both of those <laughs> movies are worse than you remember. Yeah, they're campy and nostalgic, <laughs> but not in like the fun way. Is. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen those since I was like five. So yeah, I, you're you're yeah. you're in for a rude awakening. It's probably going to be a Patreon <laughs> commentary one day. <laughs> yeah, it, it's pretty it's pretty interesting and fun. Um, the other thing that we wanted to mention is that Hasbro Pulse is doing a fan fest on April 9th. Uh, Lacey, you actually know a lot about this as you've been covering a lot of the Hasbro information, mm -hmm. but this Pulse fan fest is just going to be a ton of new stuff beyond Star Wars. But yeah, we might get some exclusives and yeah, uh, new toys and stuff. Yeah, so they're doing uh, a day of, well, not a full day, but it starts at 11 a.m. on April Eastern on april 9th and it's a they have like gi joe marvel fortnite basically transformers star wars I forget what else i'm forgetting but 
all their kind of bigger properties. Um, It's going to be hosted by someone from Sci-Fi Wire, Jackie Jennings, I believe. And they're going to go through their panels. Um, The thing that sticks out to me from the Star Wars side is they're going to talk about stuff like the 50th anniversary, which they announced new figures that went on sale on Friday um, that were the Luke Skywalker, uh, Jackson... What else? I'm blanking. Oh, Darth Maul. really muscly Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, Concer Jax. Yeah. Concer Jax. Uh, so they were really cool kind of publishing comics side characters, um, which came in like really cool boxes. So from my own roundtable with Hasbro, they said that they were going to explore all different times of the timeline. So hopefully they give us some more Rise of Skywalker. They give us some more Solo because that would be wonderful. Mostly, I'm just looking forward to the yellow ray lightsaber. There's a rumor going around that it's going to happen. I'm feeling like it's going to be this day because they said they're going to make announcements. How could that not happen? if they don't, I'm going to be so sad. Please. I mean, you know they're making it at some point. It's not... not Supposedly, it's already made. They're just waiting. And I feel like the fan fest would be the perfect example. And I swear to God, if they show my tweet on screen, I will lose it. If they're like, this person (laughs) asked for it. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, you remember that um, story we were talking about, Ezra? This is Lacey fan campaign. Right <laughs> <I know. laughs> That's all she wants is a toy lightsaber. She doesn't want yeah. to be in a show. She just wants that toy just lightsaber. Give me yeah. the lightsaber. And everyone she, always if, sends if me she like the different. She knew she was in it. She wouldn't be talking about it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. everyone always sends me like the different companies that make them. And look, I appreciate those companies that they're taking on their own kind of manufacturing and stuff, and that's cool. But like, I have Black Series ones, so if I get yeah. a different one, it's not going to match. And I'm like really crazy about that stuff so i want the one from hasbro and you don't want to spend eight hundred dollars on a lightsaber i mean a ray lightsaber is probably gonna be i would guess 249 but i'm saying these some of these other companies it's like yeah just open up a credit card six hundred dollars this is coming from the person that also bought the stormtrooper helmet for a hundred bucks and then the uh mandalorian one which i believe is 150 so i'm already 250 in so Oh, yeah, I got a Mando helmet coming my way from the Star Wars News Net raffle. Way to rub that one in. Um, Great. I'm just going to wear it on the show. Don't worry about it. (laughs) I have the Monopoly game, which has Cara Dune in it, so maybe I should just sell the Cara Dune piece and get some money. Is one of of the pieces is her? Mm Mm-hmm. You got Yeah, you would have to imagine. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just Um, kidding. I'm not going to actually do that before people freak out. (laughs) Just kidding. Just joking around that is it for resistance report this week uh we do want to get to the sections that are after this including the what lacy what's it called patreon pod race <laughs> guys there's lots of different ways you can support us you can like this video on youtube comment subscribe please like this video give us a thumbs up it gets people to see it um, you can follow us on Twitter at RBATSWN. You can follow us on Instagram at The Resistance Broadcast. By the way, thank you guys for following us there. We've been growing there, and you guys are tagging us and stuff, which is super fun to see. Um, or if you want more than that, because who doesn't want more? Uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Starting at $2 a month, you support the show. You support what we're doing. You get cool extras, different type of clips. Uh, yeah more stuff as you go up so you can go up for in the ranks for mailings and discord access and our top tier are our generals so they get a chance to be a part of the show that's this segment which is james favorite segment and they get to answer a question and tell us their thoughts but before i get there i'm going to thank the generals i'm gonna take a breath before i do it okay 
So thank you, Generals. Carmelo, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, Neil Shaw, David Probus, John Reese, Micah Harrison, Jetta Rosewater, Michael Gaines, Beer Fed Bethany, Russ Harbison, Kendall Gelnar, Paul Olson, Jake Houchins, Jeff Connery, Oliver Lewis, Dave Hornack, Frank Grande, and Val Trichkoff. I don't know why I did like the Obama <laughs> thumb while I was doing that. Lacey's lowering all of your taxes. Yeah. Oh, it was more like the Bill Clinton, I guess. But anyway. Thank you guys so much. We really appreciate it. This week, we have Jeremy Myers, and we asked him, if you are hosting a Star Wars movie dinner, you can invite one actor from the prequels, one from the original trilogy, and one from the sequel trilogy, and one from the spinoff films. What four actors slash actresses do you choose? Jeremy, take it away. Hey, what's up, Resistance? Uh, let's see. The people I would want to bring to my party for the prequels, definitely Ewan McGregor. Because he's the goat playing Obi-Wan. Plus, uh, get to talk to him about the future project uh, for the original trilogy, Anthony Daniels, because he's gone across all the movies. So, getting to hear from him and talk to him about his whole experience would be amazing. Uh, for the sequel trilogy, uh, definitely Daisy Ridley. I would. Uh, want to hear like the pressures that she had to go through and feel for being the the next Jedi. And then for all the spinoffs, I think I would go with Dave Filoni just because he's a master and brought all these um, amazing shows to us. And there's no end to what he can bring to us. So looking forward to new stuff from him. But those would be the four that I'd want to uh, sit down and and uh, have an awesome meal with and talk about some stories. So hope you're all well. General Jeremy out. Well done, Jeremy. Welcome back to the pod race. It's been a little bit. John, what'd you think? I didn't know Dave Filoni acted in one of the spinoff films. Uh, that's interesting <laughs> to know. So that was good. Uh, so Jeremy cheated a little bit, but that's okay. That is okay. You know why? Because you're a scoundrel and I like it. I respect it, Jeremy. No, it's good to see you, buddy. I uh, love that you're rocking the OG general shirt. Uh, looks like you use uh, excellent detergent or fabric softener or whatever because it's held up quite well. Um, but more importantly, good answers. Uh, Anthony Daniels, of course, just uh, the, the icon. The stories he could tell um, that he probably hasn't told uh, or is, is enough alone, in my opinion. So I love that pick there. And, of course, I'm a big fan of Daisy as well. And uh, I'll let... Uh, Lacey gush on you and I guess, but, um, and James on Filoni, but you're, you're the man, Jeremy. I hope you and the fam are doing well, uh, including the baby. Now I have a baby girl of my own. So I may be hitting you up with some advice on being a girl dad, but thanks for being a general. Thanks for being such a good star Wars fan and uh, being a part of what we do here. All the best. James. Um, yeah, I mean, I love all the picks. Um, as I, I was going through, I was like, okay, Ewan, yeah, that'd be, I'd be what I do too. The one that surprised me was the Anthony Daniels. Cause I was like, oh yeah, that is a really good point. Anthony Daniels is so funny. I, I, in private, I like, I would wonder what he would say about so much of this stuff considering the one, what, it's funny. He has so many great things, but every time I think of Anthony Daniels, I think of this interview that we saw where they were interviewing the whole cast and they said, everybody, at the same time, give your, like, one or two-second reaction to, you just saw the rise of Skywalker. It's the end of the Skywalker saga. What is it? And they all said it at the same time. If you if you pay close attention to Anthony Daniels, he goes, that was it? <laughs> I 
I'm not joking. I remember thinking that it was before the movie came out, too. And I was like, I wonder what his real opinions on so much of Star Wars stuff is. So the takeaway from this whole thing, um, you know, Filoni, Daisy Ridley, also great uh, options. But uh, Anthony Daniels was a surprise uh, big win for me. So good, good answer. Yeah, these were great answers. You guys know I love Ewan. He's the goat. He's super attractive, so he could say nothing, and it would be a wonderful dinner. Um, And then Daisy's really funny. I feel like she'd have a lot of fun jokes to tell. But then, like James said, Anthony Daniels, is he's wacky, man. I've seen him do panels. I've seen him do interviews. he He's a great storyteller, and he loves... I wouldn't say attention is the right word, because... It makes him sound like kind of petty or like shallow. I think he just loves being around people. So he'd always have a good conversation. Um, Mm -hmm. And then who was the last choice? Oh, Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni is interesting. You know, I've had a private one-on-one conversation with Dave Filoni once for about five minutes. It was, it was intimidating. So I don't know. He might be nice when he's around people. Not that he wasn't nice. He was just, it was just intimidating, you know, kind of, kind of crazy. But yeah, thank you for your answer. Thank you guys for being generals and being a part of the resistance. Now we're going to head to the other part of the community and hear from you guys. John? I've been wondering, what are midichlorians? This is called Ask the Resistance, so everyone gets a chance to submit questions to the show. Uh, Typically Twitter, using hashtag Ask the Resistance. Sometimes you just send them without us querying for them but sometimes we do put a post out there not sometimes every week we put a post out there and you drop them below and we pick the questions sometimes you send them an email sometimes we pull them from patreon but typically it's on uh, social media and twitter so thank you for constantly sending those in Uh, a lot of them are very creative inventive and they always add to the show so we really appreciate it and we got a batch here to go through that are some fun ones so let's kick it off with a longtime listener now shannon smith at scuttlebutter ss what is up shannon how are you um, Lacey, Shannon wants to know, what are the chances that there's flashbacks featuring Natalie Portman in Obi-Wan Kenobi? Hey, Shannon. First of all, as usual, your Twitter handle is amazing. Um, I feel like we did this in One with the Force or Will of the Force, one of these, because we've done a lot of like who will, who won't show up type things. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's not going to show up. I, I think that... It's tricky because you got Hayden coming back and he gets to that point like when does it just become fan servicey or what does it make sense in the story? I don't think she's showing up. I think she's got a lot going on with Thor and stuff. So yeah. Yeah. True. Like I saw Would pictures you... of her which by the way she looks jacked. She looks great. Oh yeah? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm going to say no. Not because I don't want to. I just don't think scheduling slash need is there. Would you want to see her? I just said not because I don't want her. Oh, okay. The, John. Not because I don't. The double negative. Not, only, not listening <laughs> to my answers. <clears throat> no, the double negative is always like, I'm not not listening to you, but you know. <laughs> um, all right, James. Uh, good answer. Good answer. Uh, James, Stephen Bowman at Stephen A. Bowman. Uh, what is up, Stephen? How you doing, buddy? Um, in times of discouragement or heartache, I know a lot of us turn to our favorite Star Wars movies for comfort. So, James, what's a moment or line that has brought you joy and encouragement in the dark moments of your life from Star Wars? You know, it's kind of funny. Like, I I don't really feel like I have very many, like, heavy, dark moments of my life. And I feel like part of that is because 
I and John and Lacey both know this is I'm always looking for the perspective on everything. Um, So anytime anything bad happens, I generally am looking at the positive of it. And the one quote that comes to mind is, is Obi-Wan, many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. Um, That's kind of my personal perspective on it. And one that I have always felt like when, you know, a lot of people deal with, with death, you know, um, losing loved ones and stuff. And if, if you're all remotely religious, I always kind of, point back to Yoda because he says death is a natural part of life life rejoice in those around you transform into the force mourn them do not miss them do not and I've always thought you know from a religious standpoint of like your family moving in you know on um that's generally what we kind of understand is like they're in a better place or something along those lines so like remember you know that if you want to believe in that that's that's definitely something that you can um hold on to is that uh there's no reason to be let down by that and and to to go in further too a part of that quote that is often uh overlooked is train yourself to let go of everything you fear to lose which again break takes me back to my point too like always remembering that no matter how dark it gets like there is a positive to it and understanding that you know one day you'll be with those people and everything that you have on this earth is material and flesh it's just there there's there's no point in trying to hold on to those attachments and live there um so when you lose them it's not that big of a deal kind of a long-winded answer but yeah there's a lot to take away from star wars as you know and some of those are one of some of the quotes that stick out to me nice man can i jump in this was a good question yeah go ahead yeah. So, first of all, great question, Stephen. I mm-hmm. think that there are a lot of moments that's, that speak to people about Star Wars. I know for me, as someone that has always kind of struggled with anxiety and depression and been an advocate for, like, good mental health, something that I always kind of jump to is the Darth Vader Luke scene from Return of the Jedi because it's a prime example of someone that's been to a very dark, terrible place, but they're willing to come back for the love of the people that they care about. Um, so that's something that I always turn to, that I'm like, oh, that... You know, he always ended up doing the right thing at the end of the day because he wanted to save his son and and, and show that there was love there. Um, mm-hmm. And just the whole scene of him removing his helmet, I want to look on you with my own eyes, like that scene like always makes me tear up and just like leaves me with a really good feeling despite the fact that he does die only because he leaves Luke with some closure. And I feel like oftentimes when people are not feeling great they're they're looking for closure about something that went wrong or with a certain relationship so just the idea of like things having a good ending whether they're the way we want them to end or not that comfort of just knowing that things will ultimately work out works for me Mm -hmm. nice uh i'm not going to jump in i think you did a great job you got your own question i got another question to tackle here yeah uh so yeah thank you for that steven good answers guys um, so this is from Jake, uh, Berlin has spoken at Qui-Gon Jake, uh, buddy over hey, Jake. there at, uh, from a certain point of view pod or he's show. He's got uh, the, uh, I am all the Jedi shirt he wears all the time. He has our, I am all the Jedi shirt. He's a good dude in oh. that show. They're, they're a good group over there. So, uh, what up Jake? All right. So he asked, what are the chances we ever see pod racing again? My dream star Wars project is a series focusing on up and coming racers traveling the galaxy for racing. Uh, like Days of Thunder. 
maybe even a Fast and Furious or Speed Racer vibe. I I really like this because you know it's outside the box. Um, it would uh, be a nod and uh, a nod, a tip of the cap to George Lucas, who um, loves racing, and that's why he always incorporates hot rods and race cars and that sort of thing in his movies. And it would be a different type of story, but also very Star Wars. And I think if you did a limited series of that type of thing, it could be a lot of fun. Wouldn't carry a lot of baggage with it. Could be very exciting, especially with today's technology and that sort of thing. So I, I love that idea, Jake, and I'm kind of with you on that. So I, I would be totally down to see some sort of show or series on pod racing. Ideally live action, just because of the sounds and the spectacle of the Phantom Menace. Imagine that with technology 22 years later. Uh, but even if they did an animated thing, I think that'd be cool. But I, I would love to see pod racing back in Star Wars and see it from the point of view of, like you said, this up and coming racer who's just trying to scrap by and, and that sort of thing. I love those types of stories. So great idea. Um, we'll, we'll try to get it uh, pitched. We'll try to get that going, man. But it seemed, thanks for the question. It seemed Good like job. they were going to go in the racer route with Resistance, but it ended up being a more character driven mm-hmm. show than the racing element yeah. of it. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. I think we were um, all open to it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, so that is it. We want to thank everybody for submitting those questions. Keep them coming. And we want to thank everybody for listening and watching and being a part of TRB. Uh, share the show with your friends. If you have friends who like Star Wars or who are just getting into Star Wars, shoot them a link, whether it's our channel here, youtube.com slash Star Wars Newsnet Videos, which hopefully you're subscribed to by now. Uh, we are marching towards the 7,000 subscriber mark, so we appreciate that. Or whatever your podcast app is, just do the copy link, text it to a friend, say, check these folks out. Over, They're on Spotify, they're on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, all the podcast apps. And most importantly, make sure you yourself are subscribed. And if you want to throw us a rating on your preferred app, we appreciate that too. Uh, Make sure you go to StarWarsNewsNet.com for all of your Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. You can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and writing and editing over at StarWarsNewsNet.com. And my movie podcast, just like the movies, we just did RoboCop. Uh, We're going to be doing Roger Rabbit a week from tomorrow. So uh, if you like old movies and like nostalgia and uh, it's a little... uh, more of a adult language if i if i may say I'm so, so jealous uh, to, i love roger rabbit so much go check me and mike out uh, i have to rewatch it it's been a very long oh, time it's so good go check me and mike out over at just like the movies on all of your Shave preferred podcasts and apps. a haircut <laughs> i love it well i'll say this like i'm gonna i may have a meltdown talking about the shoe and the dip that's all <laughs> what a lucky gal <laughs> you might have a meltdown yeah, there you go um, all right, James Bainey. Go Where ahead. can people find me? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Meyer Trunks and on Twitter by the same name, hanging out in uh, no big deal. Mike Shinoda from Lincoln Park's uh, Twitter space, hanging out, talking to him, chatting, wow. having a good time. <laughs> now, good yeah, that was that was a cool experience. Uh, I, I said yes, I'd like to talk, and he actually uh, let me in, so we got to chat a little bit about. Star Wars Newsnet and Disney Plus and um, and uh, a little bit about the music industry and them playing Warp Tour for a nice one-time man. thing. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. At any point did he interrupt you and you said shut up when I'm talking to you? Uh, well, I I have found I've found that in both times you've quoted Lincoln Park, you've quoted Chester <laughs> and not Mike. I know, I know. But I but I'm totally on with your sentiment that it's a it's a good joke nonetheless. Yeah. All right, uh, Lacey Gillerin, the one and only. Mm. Oh, yeah. 
They spelled my name wrong on the show, by the way. Christian, what the hell? Um, <laughs> did they yes. really? I didn't notice. Yes, they did. They absolutely <laughs> did. Um, and people were making fun of me for it. It felt like I was in middle school all over again. Guys, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin. Uh, yeah, you can follow me there. Thank you for the people that have been following me on Instagram lately. I've been posting more there, oh, so yeah. that's fun. Um, and then, yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, you can check out my first debut match against Gold Leader on the SEN channel, right? SEN Live? Mm-hmm. Um, it was last Thursday. You get to see my my big face on the thumbnail. So just you click on it, you watch it, see my name spell wrong. It's a good time. Good times. Yes. Yeah. And there will be more. More good times ahead. My and favorite more was ahead. I. someone wrote in the comments... Uh, so they had a little mishap where they did one video and then it was the wrong one, so they made a new one. In the old one, I had such a good comeback to someone that was, like, more like battle of who are they. And I was like, that's cute because I don't know who you are, so we're basically the same. Hashtag twins. And the guy was like, I guess I'm never going to talk again. I was like, I best, you, I guess you couldn't. You shouldn't talk. Bye. And I felt nice. so cool for, like, two seconds. Nice. And then all the hate came later, so it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Someone was like, can we stop letting people in like Lacey? And I was like, no, never. Never! It's just me now. I am the schmodown. There you go. Mm. I I like that. Put that on a t-shirt. Yeah. Um, All right. So, everyone, we hope you enjoy your weeks. We'll be back Thursday uh, with another episode. And, of course, again, 8.30 p.m. Thursday night on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Star Wars News Net Videos. We will be having the virtual cantina. If you have a spot, we will see you then. If not, grab a friend, go in the live chat, chat it up with everybody. It's also a good time, and you can obviously get your comments thrown up on screen too. No, you uh, can't. So it's gonna... But we'll bring you them can't. up via verbally. We'll verbally <laughs> say your comments, is what I meant. <laughs> we'll give you a shout out. Yeah, but sign we'll up today because out. today's the last day to sign up. So yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, it's going to be a good time either way. And of course, we're going to have an episode that morning as well where we're going to dabble in the state of Star Wars. We do this uh, pretty much quarterly. Uh, last time we did it was fall, so we gave it a little bit of a breather. But we're going to be uh, having a who knows what we're going to talk about. But it's going to be a good time. So as always, we will see you next time right here on the Resistance Broadcast. We'll see you around, kids. <laughs>